0: As we begin our going through Second uh, Corinthians chapter six, it reminded me of a time back when I was an intern. I did a couple of internships, but I did one for Dr. van Huculum, and we were talking about counseling people. and he told me this story, and he, he told it better than I probably will, but he said he goes, "Yeah, I was doing marriage counseling with a couple." and uh, they came in and they were, it was just going really bad. You know, it was going really bad, and so uh, they were talking, and, and it, it started out like this. They started out saying, "You know, we're just we're just not getting along." Oh, really? Have you been fighting? Oh, 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 yeah. We've we've had some some arguments, you know. So we've been we've been arguing. Oh, okay. Um, t- t- tell me more. Like, what have these arguments been like? And okay, well. Okay, maybe they just haven't, you know, they've been pretty rough and pretty aggressive, and you know, time goes on, and he keeps searching, and he keeps going, and finds out exactly how rough these arguments have been, and by the time the story gets to the end, apparently kitchen knives had been pulled and thrown, (laughs) and so uh, apparently they were really not getting along together, and he said, of course, what made it so sweet is by the end of the time they were together, you know, they were hugging and and kissing and trying and making up and trying to work hard to, to make it work. But so often, if you think when sometimes when you're having an argument and you're you're fighting with one another, all you have to do is put a third person in the room and everything changes. Right? Everything changes. Because you start realizing how silly you sound. As you start making accusations and suddenly you bring up something that happened four years ago that for some reason is relevant to what you're talking about, even though it obviously isn't. And you put that third person in the room and suddenly you kind of get a little more introspective and realize how silly it all sounds. And today we're going to talk about a passage where the people in Corinth, they were not getting along with one another in these issues. And rather than taking a biblical God-centered solution, they decided to take a secular one. So let's talk about it this morning. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So he's been talking about grace. He says when you receive it, you should not receive it in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you and in the days of salvation I have helped you Behold, now is the time. Behold, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. You know, I think many of us who are believers, if we said to each other, you know, I think it's really important that we lead people to Christ, that we provide this ministry of reconciliation we talked about last week, and I don't think that is really much of a debate, but you know what the problem sometimes we struggle with is the obstacles we put in people's way. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. I started reading a book, and I'm not too far in it. You know what the book's called? It's called The 30 Years' War. Some of you may know what The 30 Years' War is, and this book is like 20 hours long if you listen to it, so it is... Suffice to say, the 30 years war is complicated, like everything in life, right? If you're going to summarize 30 years, it's complicated. And there was many wars in Europe, and they were over many different things. A lot of them were political. A lot of them were just power. You know, people wanted to have power. That's often how it is. But kind of a key part in what they were always fighting about, and the way the dividing line of the teams built up was you had Catholics, Lutherans, and the followers of John Calvin. The Catholics didn't like any of the Protestants. None of the Protestants liked the Catholics. And the Protestants didn't even like each other. And while we kind of laugh at the story or, or or feel some, you know, it's not quite as funny because it's true, but we kind of, chuckle at the story of the man, the woman, where it came to the the drawing, the knife in the kitchen. In Europe, for 30 years, they drew guns and killed each other and fought. And like I said, much of it was over power. It wasn't all just some sort of theological debate. It gets complicated there. You know, when you have kind of a a king that can tell everyone else what to do, you kind of get stuck fighting in a war, maybe, and if you don't want to be. So it, it is complicated. But unfortunately. It is not too hard to see how when someone looks into history and says, well, how has this Christianity thing done? The Thirty Years' War doesn't look real good. It doesn't really look really good. And I, once again, I, I don't think it was all a religious thing. I, I think a lot of it had to do with power. But I don't know if you've ever witnessed to someone and you, you're evangelizing and they say, well... Religion causes wars. It sure would be nice if the 30 years of war was not in history, because that argument would be a lot easier to win, right? It would be a lot easier to win. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. By truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. You know... In our culture, we—and it's not our culture—it's we as humans. We have trouble with the truth. We have trouble with the truth. Why were you late? Are you late? How many have you ever answered? I was finishing my TV show, and I wanted to see the end. I bet you some of us have been late because of that. But when we got asked, or we came in and volunteered while we were late, I bet none of us had said, I mean, were you watching the blacklist? It was so good, I just could not tear myself away. I know you waited 10 minutes for me, but that is a quality show. No, it was... I lost track of time, which sometimes might be true. It's not, it's not like that's always not true. I've lost track of time before. Or, or the weather was bad, and maybe the weather is bad, but that had nothing to do with why you were late or, or whatever, right? You know, we have trouble with the truth. You know, sometimes we even have trouble with the truth when we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to do the right thing. I'll tell you why this, where this gets, gets me sometimes. It usually happens in some area where I know a lot more about something than someone else. And we're having a discussion. So they'll say, well, do I, this is probably a bad example, I'll use this. Well, if I were having, if you're having a computer, do you need that fast a processor? I know that if I say yes, because you know, of course it'd be better to have a faster processor. I'm gonna get a faster processor. And if I say, well, I don't really need one, I would just like one, that maybe Bethany or whoever I'm trying to convince isn't going to go with that, right? Oh, it's so easy. It's so easy to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I really need this. I really need this. I sat on my headphones the other day, broke them. It's a sad day, let me tell you. I spend a lot of time with the headphones. I'm, I'm alone a lot, and you know, that's how I listen to books. And, and when I'm work, if I'm doing work where right, I have to think, I, I listen to music. Or, and uh, I had to buy new headphones. Joel, what kind of headphones do you need? Well, there's the $25 wired ones that would probably work just fine. Or there's the, you know, the $350 ones that are really great. It's so easy to come up with all the reasons that probably aren't really true why I need the $350 headphones. So easy. Sometimes we even do it when we're trying to help people, you know. Maybe they're spending money in a way that they shouldn't. And they say, "Oh well, can I can I buy that?" And you know they could. You know they could, but you don't think they should. And so you come up with some elaborate lie on why why they can't buy it, or they sh- they shouldn't buy it. You, you make up some details or some things on why it wouldn't work. You're helping them. You th- and maybe you are. We we have trouble with the truth. Trouble with the truth. You know, I think every person that gets into politics, starts lying because they think they're going to help people. I'm going I'm to be really optimistic. This may be too optimistic. They, they think they're going to help people. And if they're in power, they're going to help people. Remember, this is a very optimistic view. But, but then they realize they gotta, they got to tell that one lie to get into that position. And then maybe, maybe it's another Maybe it's another. But you know what? When they get there, when they get there they're going to help people. You know, we do that too. We do that too. I know I'm a nice guy. I know I have other people's best interests in mind. So maybe I'm tempted to lie my way to a promotion or, or lie my way to more sales at work or lie my way to whatever. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a good guy. I know I I have good intentions, right? We struggle with the truth. We struggle with the truth. But by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. During the Thirty Years' War, what was the weapons that they used? They were guns. They were guns. What weapons do we as believers, what are we supposed to use? The weapons of righteousness. You know, sometimes when you use the weapon of righteousness, you pay the ultimate price. Some people have sacrificed their lives. They chose to do what was right, and it cost them. What happened to most of the 12 apostles? They were killed. They were killed. The weapons of Christianity are not our guns, are not our knives. We have the weapon of righteousness. And it's probably not the best plan to live the longest. The apostles didn't live the longest they could have. But it is the weapons that God has given us so we can impact the world For good. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet are true. People slander us, they praise us, they say we're fake, and no matter what, we remain true. As unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. I know I've said this a million times, and I'm just going to be repeating myself, but there's a guy one time, is a friend of a friend or whatever, and he said, I like, "I like to be competitive." because you know, if you guys know me, I'm really competitive. You know, I like to win. I always, I always want to win. I always say, I don't have to win to have fun, but I at least have to be trying to win to have fun. So if I play a game, I want to be trying you know, if I don't win, it's whatever, but I, I really want to be trying, hard to win, right? I'm really competitive. There was a guy one time that said, "I'm competitive too, but I play the ultimate game. The ultimate game that everyone is playing. And that is whoever makes the most money wins. Everybody's playing. And so that is the game I'm playing and I'm trying to win. Do we get caught up in the game that everyone else is playing? We suddenly find ourselves that whoever, we think, well, if I, I just had more money, I would win. It says, yet making many rich. What kind of richness, right? The richness of Christ. Yet having nothing, yet possessing everything. Everything. So often we'll sacrifice for, for money. We'll spend extra time. But do we spend that extra time in prayer? Spend that extra time in the Word of God. Spend that extra time doing something that Christ would have us do. Man, it's so much easier to get caught up in the game that everyone's playing. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. I hope this morning your heart will be wide open. Because what Christ can offer you is freedom from the game of chasing after the whoever the most money wins. The freedom of feeling like you need to, to lie to get where you need to go. Because you can tell the truth. And even if it costs you and you don't get that promotion. And that person you, you th- thinks a little bit less of you because you tell them the truth on why you were late. You can say, you know what? I do not have to be in this game anymore. I have my satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Because if you're playing the world's game, what happens when you lose? Be depressed, I guess. Right? Be depressed. But if we get off the roller coaster of the world's life, and we put ourselves in a life where our heart is open to God. We, though having nothing, we can have everything. Let's pray. Dear, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you so much that you've provided us with your son, Jesus Christ, that if we put our faith and trust in him, that if we decide to follow him with our life, that we not only can have eternity with you, but we also can have peace. That our, we can put away the weapons of anger, of, 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 of weapons, of, of hate, of cruelty, dishonesty, and we can follow the path of righteousness. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing.